It's the Sports Talk Podcast with Ryan Furr and giving you the hottest sports takes in town. You can reach Ryan through Facebook, email, and Twitter. Now it's time to start the show. Here's Ryan. What is up, everybody? We're back here on the Sports Talk Podcast here on podbean.com. How's it going? It's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, done our last podcast here. And we are back today on this Thursday, August 30th. Um, a lot of stuff to get into today, actually. Uh, mainly centered about the Red Sox. I know that the uh, Red Sox were the uh, main topic on my show last time, but uh, it's going to happen again. So, yeah, if, you, if you're if you're sick about he- if you're sick of hearing about the Red Sox, I'm sorry, but you know a major development happened since the last time we were. Uh, here with the Sports Talk Podcast, uh, I got into it a little bit on the YouTube channel. That's uh, I just went a little bit with it. I didn't really go too in-depth with it because I thought, well, you know, I can do a show on that. So I had a little bit of a uh, take on it on YouTube, but we're going to fully break the trade down. Why it's good for the Red Sox, why it might be a little uh, bad for the Red Sox. Um, and then we're also going to get into Josh Beckett. He's finally gone. Uh, I ripped on Beckett a couple weeks ago in my last podcast. I've been ripping on him for a while here, uh, not just on the last podcast, but a couple of other podcasts ago and on the YouTube channel. I've been ripping him a lot this summer. Uh, he's finally gone. We're going to share my last and final thoughts. He did a piece, well, he was in a piece uh, on WEI.com. So we're going to get into Beckett, and we are also going to get into Red Sox management. You know, they finally woke up here and decided that, yep, something was wrong with this team. They needed to make a decision on it, so... We're getting into that as well. And in the talk to take, we're going to break it up here in the talk to take. Going to get into NHL and the labor dispute. I haven't really talked about a lot of NHL hockey this summer. And uh, <laughs> and I just thought, you know, I could have done something else with the Red Sox. But I figured I'll break it up a little bit and throw hockey in there uh, for the talk to take of the day. But that's not the end of the show. And this is the beginning of the show. Again, this is Sports Talk with Ryan Ferran. That's me. How are you? Uh, if you're new to the show, if you found the show somehow, and uh, if you found it through YouTube, uh, thanks for coming over and checking it out. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash sports talk with RF. That's at sports talk RF. You can also follow my personal Twitter account at Ryan underscore Ferran 12. Go over and check out the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash sports talk extra. No EX, just the X. Tra with RF. And you can also... Find the show on iTunes. Just search Sports Talk with Ryan Ferrant in the iTunes store and you'll find all the latest Sports Talk episodes in one convenient place and you can listen to them on the go. Download into your iTunes and wherever you are, you're in your car, you're not in front of your computer, at work, wherever you are, you can listen to Sports Talk on the go from wherever you are. Uh, getting into this Red Sox-Dodgers trade now, um, I'm not going to lie, when I first saw this trade, I was incredibly happy. Uh... Shocked, uh, shocked to say the least. But I was, I was very, very happy uh, with this trade, and um, you know, I don't think I uh, got this across. Sorry, just adjusting my microphone. I don't think I got this across enough in uh, my YouTube video. I'm not really happy that we're losing a good talent like Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian Gonzalez is one of the best hitters in the game, but I'm glad of what the possibilities are for this team going forward. They're out underneath all that money. They're free from all of that that money tied into three players. $260 bucks gone. It's out of there. The Red Sox only had to pay $12 million of that. So they sent $12 million in cash to the Dodgers. 
And the Dodgers, they take on all that money. 260 million, uh, more than 260 million. I think it was 263 or something. It, it's a lot of, of uh, moolah going over to LA. Crazy, crazy. But I am glad the Red Sox took this move because in all seriousness, what team would have taken on all of the contracts of Adrian Gonzalez, Josh Beck, and Ann Crawford all at once? So I'm glad that the Red Sox didn't say, you know what, let's wait till, you know, the offseason and try to see what other teams could come in here. I'm glad that they were smart and they said, no, what other team is going to take on all of those contracts at once? And maybe, you know, maybe you could have tried to give Beckett to some team and give Crawford to some team. But at this point, why wait? You know, you, you have a team that's willing to take all three of those huge, big money contracts at once. So why not take them up on it? So I'm glad the Red Sox didn't shy away from it. I'm glad that they, you know, took the chance, uh, took the opportunity, and it's a little too early to say if it paid off or not. This isn't one of the greatest trades in baseball history. It's certainly one of the biggest. It's probably the biggest trade in baseball history. It's definitely the biggest trade in Red Sox history. It might be one of the biggest trades in sports history. I mean, all of that money going, I mean, what was the last time a trade you know, had that much money going from one team to the other. And you got to, you know, realize that, you know, what was the last time a team took three of their major stars, take out of it if you like Josh Becker or not, or take out whether you like Carl Croft or not, they are stars. Well, maybe Josh Beckett isn't anymore, but with the money that he was getting paid, and technically this season, going into this season at least, he was the Red Sox ace, I guess if you want to say, along with John Lester. Um, so that was three of their big stars gone. What was the last time a, a uh, excuse me, a team traded their three biggest stars off their roster to to a team and especially at the waiver wire deadline. I mean, this wasn't even the trade deadline in July. This was the waiver deadline. So, very very surprising to see the Red Sox actually go through with it. And I know that a lot of people are going to say, "Well, you know, this is after the fact and you're making things up." When the Red Sox placed uh, Adrian Gonzalez and Josh Beckett on waivers, I just had a funny feeling about it for some reason. And I know that, you know, that happens all the time with big players. Joe Maurer from the Twins was just placed on uh, trade waivers not too long ago. You know, the experts were saying, well, you know, don't get excited. This happens all the time. For some reason, I just had a funny feeling about it. The Dodgers claimed Adrian Gonzalez. It's still the baseball writers here were like, no, don't get too excited. You know, you, you know they're probably not going to do a deal. Then all of a sudden, Josh Beckett gets claimed and you think, well... <laughs> you know, maybe something's going to happen. And then the mega trade went down and it was interesting to see it all take place. I was following, uh, I was sitting in front of my computer. I was following, uh, I saw a tweet from Sean McAdam. Uh, he, uh, works for, uh, Comcast Sports in New England. He's the Red Sox insider. And he tweeted that a team had, uh, claimed Josh Beckett. Later it was announced that he announced that it was the Dodgers. And then all of a sudden you see the story about the mega trade. It was unbelievable. So the uh, the Dodgers claimed Beckett and Gonzalez, Crawford and uh, Punto. Can't forget about Punto. Eventually, uh, <laughs> eventually cleared waivers and went over there as well. So it certainly is one of the biggest trades ever. Like I was getting to, I wouldn't go out and say it's one of the greatest trades ever because you don't know yet. You don't know if any of these guys that are coming back. Uh, Ruby De La Rosa is probably the best prospect that they got out of the deal. 
He's already seen some Major League action. He's already been good in some Major League action. But again, that is the NL West. That is the National League. So who knows if that would translate to Boston. So you don't know, at least from the Red Sox perspective, even the Dodgers perspective, you don't know um, enough yet to consider this one of the greatest trades in Major League Baseball. You know, for either side, this could go terribly bad. Um, I mean, for the Red Sox, all these guys that are coming back from LA Farm System uh, could be terrible. And the Red Sox don't do anything with the money, and we're just, you know, like the Pittsburgh Pirates were a few years ago. I was going to say the Pittsburgh Pirates of now, but they're actually pretty good now. But, you know, all of a sudden we're just this terrible team that has a lot of money, but, you know, nothing to show for it on the field, and you never know. I mean, Adrian Gonzalez might be a bust over there. Carl Crawford might might never get uh, to where he was back in Tampa Bay, and, you know, so for either side this could go bad, but it's a little too early to say that this is one of the greatest trades in sports history or baseball history because it's just a little too early. But looking down the line, you never know what could happen. Uh, this was a once. <laughs> I wrote this on my show prep sheet. This is once in a. This was a. This tech pretty much was a once in a lifetime chance for the Red Sox to uh, clear out all of this money. I mean, when you had an offer like this, I mean, at least for Ben Charrington's perspective, it's like we have to do the deal because you know what other team is going to do all, was going to take all of this money, all of these contracts. So, I mean, from the Red Sox perspective, you had to pull the trigger on this one. And to be honest with you, the Dodgers were stupid for doing it. I mean, you know, good for them. They're getting one of the best hitters in baseball that will certainly help that lineup out. But talk about idiotic. You're going to take on $261 million. I know that you have the room to put it on your team, but at the same time, that's a lot of money. And you can't expect much from Josh Beckett going down the stretch. You just can't do it. You know, I mean, I have quotes here that we're going to get to later on the show that'll explain why that that's not going to pan out well for you. You don't know what's going to happen with Crawford. You don't know how he's going to respond from uh, Tommy John's surgery. You don't know if he's going to do the same thing that he did in Boston his first year and struggle and be terrible. Who knows? And you don't know about Adrian Gonzalez. I mean, that wasn't a sure thing. You're taking on three big league players with all that money, and it's not a sure thing. So very stupid from the Dodgers' perspective, but... You know, very, you know, it was a great opportunity for the Red Sox, you know, to say, all right, if you, if you want all this, you can certainly take it. You know, we're not going to stop you. So I'm glad that the Red Sox pulled the trigger in. No stupid move from the Dodgers, but I guess we kind of got to thank them because now we, uh, uh, you know, they took all that, that money and those players away. And in a way, the Red Sox kind of got to pick apart the L.A. farm system. I'm not sure how the L.A. system farm system ranks amongst all the others in Major League Baseball, so I'm not exactly sure how good theirs was, but, you know, I'm I'm guessing that if the Red Sox were giving, you know, one, their best hitter in Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford and Josh Beckett that, you know, Ben Sherrington had, had could have um, had the opportunity to sort of pick apart the farm system and say, hey, what about this guy, what about this guy, what about this guy? So uh, that was, you know, that was a good move there. You know, I mean, talk about a deal that, the Dodgers are taking all this money. That's a favor to take all that money and put on that that we get prospects in return. It was like, whoa, are you stupid, L.A.? Like, what are you doing here? You're giving up. You're taking in all this money and you're giving the prospects. Like I said, stupid move for the Dodgers, but it was great for the Red Sox. I mean, might as well get prospects. You never know what's going to happen. You can take a chance on them. You never know, and maybe that infielder that we got Ivan DeJesus, you never know, maybe he'll take over a you know, shortstop or second base one day, you never know, um, but maybe they won't pan out, so 
This move wasn't about... It, this wasn't a baseball move. It was a money move. Let's just be honest here. Because the Red Sox needed to get from out from underneath all that money. It wasn't a baseball move. It was a money move. And probably overall with this trade, I'm just glad that the bad attitudes are gone. Um... And, you know, take Carl Crawford out of there because he would. I'm I'm completely excluding uh, Nick Punto from this deal. I probably shouldn't be doing that, but hey, Nick Punto, your utility bench infielder, you know, you really don't matter. You know, it was probably just a throw-in, anyways. I mean, I gotta think that the man, the general manager of the Dodgers, was just like, you know, we're gonna need a uh, any a utility infielder to sit on our bench and back up our uh, second baseman or you know wherever Punto plays. We're going to need somebody to sit on the bench and back us up, you know, as we uh, head into the rest of the regular season, the postseason. And Brian Charrington is probably like, okay, take Punto. So I'm guessing that's all it was, so I'm not really focusing on him. Focusing on the big uh, money contracts here. Crawford, I mean, his attitude was fine. It was just really Beckett, you know, which we're going to get to today, later in the next segment. I'm going to save that uh, my Beckett bashing for uh, next segment. But really, just Adrian Gonzalez I want to focus on. His attitude at the end was very poor. I mean, at the end of his run here, and the comments that he's made in Boston his entire time, really, really discouraging. You know, when the whole fried chicken and beer incident reported, and like I said, if you don't know what that is, all the starting pitchers, the four starting pitchers that weren't pitching during the game, during the middle of the game, and probably like the fifth or sixth inning, instead of being in the dugout with the rest of the team, they'd be in the clubhouse, sitting down, eating fried chicken and having beer. You know, that's that's what it was. And Adrian Gonzalez's response at the end of the season to that was, well, you know, some people have to eat. Doesn't matter if it's chicken or steak. And it was like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, <laughs> you know, your starting pitchers were sitting in the clubhouse while you were out there trying to grind out these games. And that's your response? So there was that that was bad. And then there was the whole response of, you know, at the end, when they lost and they blew that nine-and-a-half game lead in September, oh, any team that doesn't make the playoffs and supposed to, it's because of injuries, period. And it was like, no, it wasn't because you had your whole team there. It was because of poor effort, Adrian. And then there was another comment that said it wasn't God's plan to have us win. And it's like, you know, I respect your religion and everything, If you know, if you believe in whatever you believe in. But in sports, you know, maybe in other sports, I mean, maybe in other instances, but not this instance. The Red Sox blew that lead last year because of lack of effort. It wasn't because of God's plan or anything. It was because of the lack of effort. Again, I don't mean to offend anybody, but that's really really what it was. It was the lack of effort shown by the starting pitchers and as well as everybody else on that team. So I had problems with those comments. And overall, they just added up all those comments and all the things that he said. It just adds up that he wasn't a leader. He was not a leader. He is a machine. He can go out there, hit his 30 home runs, hit you know, get his 100 RBIs, and call it a day. He's not a leader. He shouldn't be leading your team. And that's just the that's just the guy that he is. He's not a leader. He wasn't made for Boston. Some guys are, and some guys aren't. That's just the way it works. You know, Boston is a special place. I said this on the YouTube channel, and it's true. Boston is just different. You know, it's not as big a market as Los Angeles or New York, but it's different. The media coverage from the newspapers, the Herald and the Globe, to, you know, the talk shows on, you know, 985 Sports Hub and WEI and the television shows like Sports Tonight and 
you know, all of that, you know, ESPN Boston and, you know, all the things, it just, it just, the focus on the athletes in this city is much, much greater than any place else in the country. And I can guarantee you that the Boston media is harder on their athletes than any other place. And I'm throwing in New York and I'm throwing in L.A., and I'm throwing it any other city in the country that you want to put out there. Boston is different. And it takes a special kind of player to thrive in this city. And Adrian Gonzalez just didn't have it. That's not his fault. It's just the truth. And so he wasn't that type of guy. Which is fine. But there was nobody else on the team to balance that. If you have a guy that just really isn't made for Boston. You got to have some more guys around him that are built for this city. And... Whether they weren't there or whether they were hurt, it just wasn't happening for the Red Sox these past couple of seasons. But like I said, don't don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I'm not saying that this trade is good because we got rid of Adrian Gonzalez's talent. Would have loved to have seen his talent still here. Would have loved to have seen that you know those hits and those home runs. Same thing for uh, Carl Crawford. Uh, I mean, he was never gonna live up to his contract. He would have never been a 120 million dollar player. But I would have liked to have seen what he would have done. It, you know. Anyways, you know, I think that he could have been a good, productive player here. Like I said, nowhere near the likes of 120 million dollars a year. But he could have been a pretty good player. He could have been productive. So I would have liked to have seen what he could have done. But for the sake of the team, for the good of the team, it was uh, a good thing that Crawford went. And um, you know, <laughs> you've heard me say. You know, countless times, I just not, I don't really get excited for regular season baseball. Anyways, and the fact that the Red Sox were such an unlikable bunch of, you know, idiots. Not the idiots from 04, true idiots. You know, that, you know, this makes them likable again. This makes them, it makes me want to watch it. Not now, because they're, you know, like 10 games out of the playoffs. But it makes me interested and excited for what could happen next season. You get rid of Bobby Valentine, you bring in a new manager... And you get these young guys out there and see what they can do. Um, you know, and all those bad attitudes from Josh Beckett and Adrian Gonzalez. And, you know, that's all going to be flushed out. And you're going to have this fresh, young attitude that's going to go out there. And I'm really looking forward to it. It makes me uh, excited and interested for the Red Sox for the next couple years to come. Alright, next segment we're going to get into, Josh Beckett. He uh, recently did an interview, like I said, with WEI.com. This was actually yesterday. So we're going to pick apart that uh, that piece. Um, There were some comments that uh, Beckett said that I really want to get to. Um, And also we're going to get into Red Sox management. Why did they all of a sudden decide to wake up and smell the coffee? That's next. Back in here on Sports Talk, remind you to uh, get in touch with the show. That's at uh, Sports Talk RF on Twitter. And if you wanted to, you can also uh, hit me up on my personal Twitter account. That's at Ryan underscore 4 and 12. And I also remind you, urge you, and encourage you to go over and check out the Sports Talk YouTube channel. And that's at YouTube.com forward slash Sports Talk Extra with RF. And remember, don't forget to leave comments and ratings on the Podbean channel my podbean home and that's at sports talk with my friend dot podbean.com getting back into the show and uh yesterday um rod bradford or wei put a piece up uh where he 
did a final interview with Josh Beckett. Side story. Uh, <laughs> I was at uh, spring training this past uh, March down... Uh, computer fan, sorry. Um, to uh, see a Red Sox game in Toronto. I can't remember what uh, town in Florida it was, but... Uh, Anyway, so we're there, and I'm sitting there, and, you know, all my, the, um, the press box was behind us, and the row with our, where our seats were was where the media guys would go up to get to the press box. So a, a ton of media guys walked by us, you know, uh, writers from uh, Boston Papers, um, you know, a couple, I think Shaughnessy might have been one of them. There were a couple others, and then Rob Bradford was one of them. So Rob Bradford was coming down the stairs. I was trying to get his attention, trying to say, uh, I was I was just going to say hi, so I was trying to get his attention. Rob Bradford, Rob Bradford, didn't turn around. But I met Sean McAdam, he, you know, he was walking up the stairs, and I shouted, Sean McAdam, Sean McAdam. He actually turned around, looked at me, and I just waved, I said hi, and he was like, and he smiled and waved back to me, so Rob Bradford, <laughs> Rob Bradford is, is not a nice guy because he doesn't like to say hi to people. I'm just kidding. Maybe he was busy. I don't know. But, you know, Sean McAdam went out of his way to, to wave to me. Anyways, um, he posted this yesterday on WEI.com. just want to read a little bit of it to you. This is Josh Beckett in his own words. Once they want you out of there, they want you out of there. By them, I don't necessarily mean the fans. There are certain people in the media who painted me out to be a monster with horns. And that's just not the case. I said that in my press conference. People out here hear from certain media members that portrayal of me i'm like well maybe you should start asking some people who are around me and know me that's the thing nobody ever asks them and if they do ask them they don't write that they don't write what people say because that's not how they want perception to be they've done it to a lot of people once those people want you out of there they want you out of there they're going to keep on keeping on keeping on until they get what they want and uh first of all you know josh you know, the media didn't do anything to you. The media just took what you did to yourself and commented on it. You know, they didn't make up stories about fried chicken and beer in the clubhouse. That was reported. That's a fact. They didn't make up stories about how you told reporters that baseball isn't my number one priority anymore. And if you don't like that, you can go bleep yourself. That's fact. Okay? There were all of your injuries, your back, your lat, your... You know, you know all of your stupid injuries that you had to sit out for. A couple of years ago, I believe it was in 2010, he sat out for a sore throat. I mean, all of that crap, that's not fabricated by the media. That's what you did. You said those things, you did those things, it's reported as fact. And the media members in this city are just commenting on it. They're giving their opinions, just like I'm doing right now. So, that's not fabricated. So, your portrayal... A monster with horns, as you call it. That's what people are saying of you because you put that stuff on yourself. If you went up there, you did the work, you put the time in, you trained well. There was also a report the uh, former Red Sox trainer uh, who was fired, <laughs> who was fired at the end of last season, said that uh, Josh didn't put his. He had troubles with Josh not putting the time and effort in to get ready for his starts. That's on you, Josh. They're using that against you, which is fine because it's fact. It's not fabricated by the media. It wasn't made up. It's not someone's opinion. It's fact. So this portrayal of you is because it came from stuff that actually happened. 
like I was about to say, if you're a guy that went out there and prepared and was mentally ready and mentally, you know, you were focused, ready to go out there and you pitched well, there'd be no problem. There'd be no portrayal of you as a monster with horns. You'd be fine. But you put that all on yourself and so the media came up with their portrayal of you with their opinions based on stuff that actually happened. Continuing, I don't know how I could have, but I could explain regarding any potential regrets. You just try to be yourself. And if that's not enough, what are you supposed to do? Act like somebody else? I don't know how that gets you anywhere. Once you start lying, then there's another lie, and then you have to cover that with another lie. I think that just makes things worse. You just have to go and be yourself, which I did. I was the same exact person all seven years there, and the four or five prior to that when I was in Florida. I was the same person. I'm going to be the same person over here. Stand there, answer my questions, and move on. You're the same person, Josh. You're the same person? Well, that's obviously false, because you're not the same person that won two World Series, one with the Marlins and one with the Red Sox. Especially the one with the Red Sox, because something happened. You were really good in 2007, especially the 2007 postseason. You were dominant. You know, explain to me, if you were the same person... Why all of a sudden you started to suck? And why all of a sudden you started to suck in the postseason? And that doesn't make much sense to me. How, you know, how could you be the same person if your performance on the field changed for the worse? And how can you not move on? How can you not try to grow and develop as a person over 12 years of your, of your career and your life? Take your baseball career out of your life. You know, shouldn't you learn from your mistakes and... Learn how to move on and, you know, do things differently. If the Red Sox want to clarify what happened, going back to the piece, that's the thing. I never feel like I need to explain myself. And there we get to the center of the of the, uh, of the problem. Um, he doesn't feel like he never, he never feel like he needed to explain himself. Well, that sort of explains a lot, actually, because you never explained yourself for fried chicken and beer last year. You never explained yourself for you know, sucking in September. You never explained yourself for why you look out of shape. You sucked on the mound. You never explained any of that. So it sort of makes sense, and I'm glad that you admitted it finally. You know, you never took accountability for anything. You never took accountability accountability for your terrible record, your, your uh, detrimental behavior to the clubhouse, leading guys on like John Lester and Clay Buckholtz, trying, you know, those guys are young and they need to be shown the right way to do things and you're showing them the wrong way to do things. It's no secret why John Lester all of a sudden fell off the face of the earth. He was one of the best young pitchers in the AL. He should be right now a Cy Young contender. He should be in the conversation with Felix Hernandez as one of the as the best pitcher in the American League. And why did that happen? Why why is it why is that not happening? It's because of Josh Beckett. Because Beckett showed Lester the way. And Lester got too attached to Beckett. And Beckett was doing the wrong things. So naturally, John Lester did the wrong things. Now, do I talk to John Lester and Josh Beckett? Obviously not. But I have the information. I know that's what's been happening. I know that they were buddies. I know that he was sort of mentoring him. I know all of that stuff to be fact. So I'm formulating my own opinion on it. That's why whenever anything like that came up, I didn't flinch. I didn't make an excuse. I didn't make an excuse. I just said, this is me. This is how I am. If somebody else wants to clarify that, they can. I don't need to clarify anything. I am who I am. All right. You are who you are. 
Still got to take accountability for your actions. And then on the meteor again. It's just a matter of time before they get you, basically. And that's unfortunate. He said, I think Johnny Lester knows that. I think Clay Buckholz knows that. Your time will come. No, it won't. You know, those guys are fine. Clay Buckholz is going to be fine. John Lester is going to be fine. It's because you're gone. Boston doesn't run good athletes out of town. We don't run Tom Brady out of town. <laughs> you, know, we don't, you know, we don't run good athletes out of town. We only run athletes out of town that, are, that suck and are terrible and have bad attitudes. And then another quote. I've been the same person my whole career. Well, you know, it's a shame. It's unfortunate. But that attitude is finally gone and Beckett is out of here. Oh, thank God. I mean, let's not forget what he did for us in 2007. I'm not forgetting what he did for us in 2007. He was a great pitcher in 2007, but one good season for being here seven years? It's not, that doesn't cut it, Josh. Sorry. Uh, getting into the Red Sox ownership as well, just a quick thought. It shows that they have a pulse over there in the offices of Fenway Park. It shows that they realized that they had a problem here, and I'm glad to see that they addressed it. And they showed that, you know, there, there needed to be a change here. What we were doing was not working out, and we needed to make a change. Ballsy move by Charrington as well. You know, like I said, I'm not happy that... I'm not happy, yeah. I'm not happy that they're losing one of the best hitters in baseball, but I'm happy about what could it, what it could do for the future. You know, freeing up all that money. Here's a, a quote from Charrington. I think we recognize that we are not who we want to be right now. And it's been a large enough sample of performance going back to last year that we felt like in order to be the team that we want to be back on the field, we needed to make more than cosmetic changes. So as we look forward to this offseason, we feel like the opportunity to build that we need, the fans deserve, that we want, require more of a bold move to give us an opportunity to really reshape the roster. So that Beckett, I'm Beckett, yeah. Um, the cosmetic changes line, you know, it's not, you know, he's saying that, well, you know, we couldn't just keep this main core of guys and just sort of, you know, gloss over everything with, like, you know, new, you know, utility players. Something needed to be happened. Something needed to happen, excuse me, drastically. And I think that's exactly what happened with this move. And I'm glad to see that it happened. Uh, so it's encouraging, but we'll have to see what the Red Sox do with that money, and we'll have to see going forward. I mean, if the Red Sox go out there and spend, you know, $150 million on a big free agent and give, like, a seven-year deal to Josh Hamilton, I know that he's a huge free agent coming up. If they do that, then it's like, you know, we're starting back at square one. You know, we just got over these contracts worth a ton of money. You know, what are you doing? So we'll have to see this offseason, what direction they're going to go in. If they are conservative with the money, they take on other uh, expiring contracts through trade or whatever. You know, they don't. They go out there and get free agents, good free agents, but not overpriced and not huge acquisitions. Then we'll know that the, that they're going in the right direction. But if they go out there and pick up some big name free agents for two hundred million dollars, then we know that it's just not going to change. All right, now we're going to uh, go to the talk to take and the talk to take. Will be about the uh, NHL labor dispute. Hopefully, this deal can get done before the deadline. That's next. Back in here on Sports Talk with the Talk to Take of the Day. And today's Talk to Take the NHL labor dispute. Uh, recently, the uh, players, no, the NHL, Gary Bettman in the NHL, uh, gave a, a second proposal to the Players Association. I just want to give you those numbers here. This came from a Bleacher Report article by. 
Ian Hanford, and this was according to ESPN New York reporter Katie String, a source aware of the league's proposal said the six-year deal would include a redefinition of hockey-related revenue and a phased yearly reduction of that revenue for the players from where it currently stands at 57% to 50% by the fourth year, where it would stay for the remaining three years. The deal would also include a fixed salary cap of $58 million in the first year of the agreement, followed by $60 million in the in year two and $62 million in year three. The salary cap in 2011-2012 was $64.3 million, a number that was projected to increase to $70.2 million next season. So there's the next... Uh, offer there you know my thoughts on it i just hope that we get a season you know like with labor disputes in sports and you know this happened last year with the nfl you know i don't really care about that (laughs) you know i'm not really a numbers guy when it comes to sports you know i like to break down stuff you know like with the red Sox. you know i'm just not really a numbers guy you know i really don't really care about you know like i'm not really a big contracts person like i'm not gonna sit here and you know bore over contracts for three hours you know and break down numbers. I'm just not really that type of guy. I don't like math. <laughs> I've never been good at math. I suck at math. So I don't really like going over that stuff. I really don't like to go in depth and break down like the labor disputes and all this money and how it's getting divided. And, you know, basically, you know, the players and owners are having troubles deciding about money. And so, you know, it's pretty much that's always what it comes down to. Um, but as the fan in me, it's just like, get a deal done. You know, if you got to swallow some of your pride to, for the sake of the league and for the sake of hockey, just do it. You know, so I hope that that's what happens. I hope we get a season. Because I could not live without hockey. Could not live without the Bruins. I mean, we're getting into some, I've said this a thousand times. You know, summer is great and all, but it sucks for sports. The winter and the fall is the best time for sports. You got football starting up and you also have... But, I mean, you know, that's only on Sundays. During the week, uh, starting in October, that's when you get hockey. At least a couple times a week you get hockey. So those those uh, hockey games at night during the week, those will hold you over till football on Sunday. If we don't have hockey in, during the week to hold us over till Sunday, you know, it's going to be terrible. I mean, yeah, we're going to have football, and that's great, but there's not going to be anything to hold us over till Sunday. And so that's going to be very bad. If that's how it ends up turning out. So I just really hope that they can get a deal done somehow. And, you know, swallow swallow your pride. You know, if you're the players or if you're the owners, you know, you know, cut back on some money or, you know, give up more or take less or whatever. You know, before the deadline, you know, you know, like right now at this stage, it's the 30th. You know, you know, go hardball if you want to right now. I mean, you know, really hammer it out in there. But by September 15th, if you're at the deadline and something really isn't done yet, do something to get the deal done. You know, have hockey. You know, NHL barely survived the last the last work stoppage. You know, and now they're finally have they finally have some sort of popularity. You know, around the country. I know it's not huge, but at least it's something. It's the po- most popular league's been in years. So don't squander that. I don't think the I don't think we could survive another work stoppage. Uh, but anyways, that's gonna do it here on Sports Talk today. Uh, we ended right there. That was the talk you take on the NHL labor dispute. Hopefully, we got some hockey coming up shortly. And uh, yeah, so that's gonna do it uh, on this Thursday. Do want to thank everybody for listening. Of course, uh, next Sports Talk podcast probably gonna be next week at some point. 
I'm going to expect YouTube videos all throughout the weekend. Well, maybe not all throughout the weekend, but expect YouTube videos uh, coming up throughout the weekend and into next week. I will be going back to school next week, finally. Um, finally going back to school, finally going back to college, starting my second year of college. Yeah, so that should be exciting, um, which means that hopefully, you know, unofficially here, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you sort of notice this trend. I've been doing shows on Thursdays. That's just sort of how it works out. I work Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, as well as the weekend. And so it just sort of worked out that Thursdays was the day that I would do the show. On Tuesdays, I don't know why I just don't do it on Tuesdays, but I do it on Thursdays. So Thursday was sort of the day, I guess. Um, But now that I'm going back to school, I don't know if that's going to work out. I definitely do want to do at least one show a week when I'm back in school. So I'm going to have to pick out a date to do it, um, depending on what my schedule looks like and when I have the most free time, um, I'll pick a time to do it and, you know, it'll be, you know, like every Monday or every Tuesday or whatever, that will be when the show, uh, will take place. Um, but yeah, uh, and then, uh, with the YouTube videos as well, uh, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, it matters obviously, but it doesn't really, uh, my schedule doesn't really matter because I can always just do those whenever I get home and it's just, you know, it's, it's very, it's very easy at that point. Um, but yeah, just some early, just some, uh, information coming up here of, uh, what I'm going to be doing in the fall. Uh, I guess I might as well just, uh, give it to you now. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, it, I can give you something that's brewing here and it's like, like the last, it is a major announcement. So I'll just put it out there. It is another major announcement is coming. I'm not going to announce it next week. I'm probably not going to announce it the week after that. But just know that a major announcement will be coming um, down the line next month at some point. Not exactly sure when. Like I said, the last major announcement I had, I was like, you know, this is going to change the show. It's going to bring so much more to the show. And I think it has so far. Um, But this one is going to make it, you know, like the first major change compared to this one that I'm brewing up right now. The first major change is nothing. It is nothing compared to the next major change, the next major uh, announcement that I'm going to present to you in a few uh, weeks and coming up in a month or so. Um, So just have that in your mind. I mean, it's not going to come soon, soon, but it'll be here um, in the next month or so. Um, If everything goes right, um, I will have a major announcement and it's going to, like I said, it's going to, it really will change and revolutionize this show. It's going to change it a whole hell of a lot. Uh, but that's to come later on down the line. As far as the rest of today goes and this show, we are done here on Podbean.com. Um do want to thank everybody for listening on this Thursday. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you uh, on the YouTube channel throughout the weekend and on back on the Sports Talk Podcast sometime next week. Um, so enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.